You're listening to DraftKings Network. Uh, Ringo, I think his game, now he's not, uh, athletically he, te- he tests just like this guy I'm comparing him to. And physically he's a, he's built like the guy I'm comparing him to. It's, it's very much Xavier Rhodes-like in his approach. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda Time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, as always, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Most of you know this, five teams over seven years. Those of you checking us out on video can see the helmets. I didn't keep my Browns helmet, but the other ones are up there. Cowboys, Bills, Patriots, and not one, but two helmets from the artist formerly known as the Washington Redskins, now the Commanders, although I guess maybe the new owner could potentially change the name of the team. That would be interesting. You can always check me out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pods. What we do is we post some of the clips we think are the most interesting or most noteworthy from every episode on Twitter, on Instagram, Reels, on TikTok, either at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod. Or you can always watch the entire episode and see the clips, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. The clips are noteworthy this week, by the way, because I saw my boy Emery Hunt in the firing line this week. Check him out on social media at FBall Game Plan on Twitter. Football game plan on YouTube, where he's been a star for a long time. And honestly, still a great time to get the draft guide. Because I know a lot of you, we're going to go over, over the next eight weeks, the draft choices and the college free agent that jumps out to Emory the most for each NFL team. However, there's a lot of college free agents. There's a lot of tryout guys. There's a lot of guys that will eventually go to the XFL, the USFL. They're almost all in the draft guide. So just so you have it handy, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. I don't think many other podcasts or shows do this. We talk about pretty much every guy that got drafted. You know why? There's like a thousand. I think maybe the Eagles I saw had 1,400 scouting reports. So the Eagles had maybe 100 more than Emory or 200 more than Emory. But they have that many scouting reports on guys. And only 250 get drafted. So the least we can do is talk about those 250 plus one for each team, one or two, that jumps out to Emory. Today we'll go into the NFC East. We just think it's really valuable to see who was drafted where and talk about them so you know about the guys on your team and the other teams in your division it's funny, though, Emery, because last week we reviewed the first round, and I was kind of joking, not really, but saying that the Chiefs kind of had the draft some in the first round. And by the way, there are reports out there that the Chiefs had talks about trading down, had some good offers to trade down, but ultimately didn't do it. And I think it was close enough that they thought, man, this would be bad for these people that have been outside now for seven hours waiting for us to make a pick. Um, but that clip... Emery got a lot of social media attention because people were just stunned by your low rating um, 38th ranked edge rusher of FAU 
the DN from K-State that the Chiefs drafted in the first round. So I just wanted to allow you to maybe elaborate a little bit more because hopefully clips like that, you know, prompt people to actually listen to the whole show and listen to the context of what we're talking about. Yeah, unfortunately, man, you know how uh, I got to give a shout out to my guy at Pauly Wall on Twitter because he broke it down uh, perfectly when he, you know, when someone had questions about my um, Jameer Gibbs ranked higher than B. John Robinson and someone threw out there um, my quarterback as a as a slight like, oh, look what he did in 2016 with his quarterback rankings. And so this guy on Twitter was like, oh, yeah, let's look at it. If you take out the guys that if you feel taught the guys that didn't get an opportunity in the NFL, he still had Carson Wentz ranked Cause I think Carson Wentz was my 12th quarterback with a fourth round grade. And so he said, if you feel taught the guys that didn't get an opportunity, Wentz is ranked fifth who at that time had Wentz as a, as the fifth quarterback taken, you know? And so no one did except me. And I got heat for that in 2016 when I saw it correctly, that he's kind of just a, uh, uh, you know, a solid, decent player that you're going to always look to try to enhance or, re- or replace as a starter. And so when people look at the 38th ranked edge rusher, they're looking at the number 38. They're not looking at the overall grade, which is like you said before, there's really no difference between 38 and 18. And the, the reason why that is, is because I am different in terms of how I grade guys. If I just worked off the combine list, then this guy probably would have been my 12th edge rusher and people would have been, would have been fine with that. Right. But because I go to all of the different all-star games more than any other draft analysts out there. And because I grade over a thousand, you talked about the Eagles with 1400. I graded a thousand over a thousand and people were saying, I remember somebody said during that whole uh, Jameer Gibbs thing, like why would he grade over a thousand players? Only 250 get drafted. It seems like a waste of time. I was like, well, I'll do what the league does or try to do from a media perspective and grade as many players. I said, the league has over 3000 scout reports. So, cause you never know when someone may pop up and get on a team. And so for me, that's my process. And I, I think I had the same grade on, I got to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure he has the same grade that I had on Tack McKinley and Tack McKinley was a first round pick. I wasn't as high on him. Um, and again, I just felt like he's someone that could be a rotational pass rusher he's that you know there's a lot that he has to clean up and he's again going to a team 31 in a situation where they can allow him to be a spot player that doesn't mean i i think he's like the 38th i I think he's horrible is that when you grade over a thousand you got to rank guys you got guys got to filter in i grade over 125 running backs so some players look at it like the right way some people look at it the right way and some people look at it as again most of these people are k-state fans Kansas City Chiefs fans, I get it, but you know it's the it's the guys in the media that under that don't that that also were taking shots that need to understand how things work. We're not focused on the just the combine list or the guys that go to the Senior Bowl. We're out there grading everything, and so that's why thirty eight seems like a big number. But in the scope of however many DNs they have in college, thirty eight that doesn't seem that bad to me. Well, Emory. You don't really know for three or four years. We just saw the third-year options for the 2020 first-round picks. Only 12 got picked up. Only 12 of the 32 first-round picks. That means 20, well, there were some guys that got extensions or whatever, but 
um, only 12 got picked up in terms of fifth-year options, which goes to show you a lot of these guys don't become what people are going to think. Let's see how he plays. It's, I mean, maybe he's an all-pro every year, and, and you were too low on him. That, maybe he thinks, thinks me, and you were exactly right. But that's that's what I want to say. Let me jump in and say the fact that what, what really bugged me was folks were saying, oh, how can you say this? The league has over a thousand, over a million dollars invested in scouting, over hundreds of evaluators. How can you say this? Like you as a media guy sitting at your house, like this is the same amount of resources that had Lamar Jackson go 32nd. This is the same amount of resources that had Zach Wilson go two. Like that's not the Tom Brady sixth round. Exactly. So it's like, and in the same, just a couple of days ago, you, the same person has said, well, you don't really know for three to four years. But you know this guy on day uh, a week later that he is the goat. If that's the case, he would have went first. Like so, my thing is we both don't know. And people always say like, "Well, he missed on this guy." And I always find out if you could count my misses, that means I hit a lot. So yes, we all have misses. And at the end of the day, the reason why I never say, "Oh, I missed on this" or "I missed on that," my scout reports are out there with my name on it, my face attached to my profile. You could find my misses, so there's no need to be like, yeah, I missed. Yeah, of course, it's evident if it's still sitting there and what you read or what I said doesn't jive with what you see or what has happened or what's transpired. So there's no need to say I went on this or I missed on that. My reports are out there, so people could, you know, let them let the chips fall where they may rank and file them, and there we go. Well, and this is a much longer conversation because even whether or not the player is successful or not, it is not – totally independent of their evaluation, meaning like this right scheme, the right coaching staff, do they stay healthy? I mean, there's a million facts. It's not like if a player's good and you say he was good, you made it. If a player's bad and you say he's going to be good, you're wrong. Like, no, maybe the guy got hurt. Maybe he went to the wrong team. Like there's a lot of factors out there. Um, Speaking of it, let's get to the Cowboys. Um, We talked about their first round pick, uh, Mazay Smith. I'm curious about rounds two and three. Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end from Michigan. I think we did talk about last week a little bit. And DeMarvian Overshone, the linebacker from Texas. Their other guys were Villamiami Fajoko, the De- I love that guy. The San Jose State DN. That's an all-day sucker. Asim Richards, the tackle from North Carolina. Eric Scott Jr., cornerback Southern Miss. Deuce Vaughn who I think you're a fan of, Emory of Memory Serves, running back K-State, and then Jalen Brooks, the wide receiver from South Carolina. Your quick hit thoughts on those guys. I absolutely love the Cowboys draft. And as much as they get flack for, you know, being America's team and they haven't made a conference championship game or a Super Bowl, they are never a bad football team because they draft legit talent. And this was a talented class. So I thought every pick they had, made sense, especially when you look at types and fits and all of those things that they look for with a team. Schoolmaker fits in what they look for at that tight end profile. Uh, Asim Richards is someone that can play tackle or guard, in my opinion, but I thought he was a good athlete. Brooks from South Carolina is a fantastic athlete that still has upside left as a receiver. He is someone that plays legitimately faster than than he uh, tests or, or whatever uh, in his pro day or with his combine. He is someone that has still has that upside left within this game is going to be a core special team overshone another versatile athlete. You look at their linebacking core. This is someone that was a former safety 
playing linebacker now and still, you know, figuring that out. So he still has some growth left within his game, but has the athleticism that you look for running chase backer. Scott, coming from that secondary at Southern Miss, I've talked about this all throughout the offseason during the All-Star Game Circuit, all eight games I went to. Anybody that played at Southern Miss, BYU, stood out at these All-Star Games. Scott was one that stood out. And Fajoko was my number two, four, three defensive end. So I'm like you. I'm a big fan of his game. There was one game I watched where the first play of the game, he got cut block, got up, chased the play down the field, and laid a boom on the ball carrier. That's the type of effort he shows down in, down out. There was another game I watched where the first four plays he made. So those guys, to me, find themselves on the field. And and when you think about Deuce Vaughn, it's all about fit. It's all about situation. People laughed at my third-ranked running back of Deuce Vaughn because he's one you know, 50 or 70 something, five, 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 six. Now you plug that into this offense. Now it looks a lot better, right? Because I think he has a chance to be there. RB two, it'd be an explosive playmaker running compliment of a Tony Pollard. So I love their draft and their, their undrafted free agent hall was impressive too. Who's the guy that jumped out to you there? Listen, Hunter Lukey, Darrell Johnson from Liberty. You look at, um, Cropper from Fresno State, speed demon. You go on defense. You, you also look at Isaiah Land from FAMU. They brought in Marquise Bell last year from FAMU and played well for them. So this was a, a really good collection of talent for Dallas. It's going to make it hard for the coaches to get rid of guys. Hunter Luke is their starting fullback right now, but also can ha- handle the football uh, as a traditional tailback. Uh, if Pollard is bringing, is you know, slow to recover, Luke is fantastic. So for me, this was all around very good for Dallas. Yeah, he could be there like pound it back, short yardage, pound it back. I love it. I also love the game time app. It's so good, Emery. I mean, right now, I get tickets Thursday night to the Sixers game against the Celtics. Game six, 163 bucks. I could go to the Blue Jays Phillies on Wednesday for $11. Uh, Taylor Swift, a little more expensive, almost $1,400. That's not the point. The point is, with the Game Time app, you can actually see on your phone exactly where the seat is, which is awesome. They have flash deals on all these tickets. Remember, the NFL schedule is coming out on Thursday. So go right to the app that guarantees you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, they actually credit you 110% of the difference. So Get the game time app now, create an account, and use code DRAFT for $20 off your first purchase. So as soon as this schedule is released, tickets will be available. Terms apply. So again, create that account, redeem code DRAFT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, this is cool, Emery, because we're let's get to the Giants now. And you actually saw a lot of these guys on the field already. This is like cheating because you always cover a lot of things after the Giants. So you were there for rookie minicamp. So this will be as good of a breakdown as any because you've already seen some of these guys. We already talked about Deontay Banks. I think we talked a little bit about John Michael Schmitz and Jalen Hyatt. Their other guys were Eric Gray, the running back from Oklahoma, Trey Hawkins, the third cornerback from ODU. Jordan Riley, a D-tackle from Oregon, and Javarius Owens, a safety from Houston. Well, let's start with Jordan Riley. As soon as I walked up to the practice, I was told by a couple of guys on the Giants beat, like, man, we had nothing. No one had anything on Jordan Riley except you. We found your scouting report in your draft guide, 
because guess who was at the NFL PA game? Boom. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I saw him, and he stood out. He's a big, large dude, man, 6'5", 330, um, and they were able to grab him in the seventh round. Excited to see how he competes. He had, he's going to six schools, and I asked him a question, like, how do you keep the faith? He was like, I never lost faith and always knew I can achieve this goal because, man, it's hard to go to six different stops and still and not think that NFL dream is drifting further and further away. Um, Eric Gray is a, a fantastic back, man. He, he's a thickly built guy uh, for someone of his stature. Again, they must love quads because he has some big ones as well. Fluid guy, catches the ball well. Um, you could tell that's what they are looking for at the position. Uh, you also look at Trey Hawkins. And I said this last year in their first season, um, with the uh, with, with Wink Martindale, that everyone in the secondary was like a clone factory. This is the same thing. Everyone they love in the defensive backfield, they bring in in the defensive backfield, has length and height. So these dudes are long, they're athletic, they're versatile. Someone like Hawkins can play any one of the positions that you need. He's a physical guy. He can tackle, um, even though we didn't see any tackling there. But he was someone that really stood out just by sheer movement skills, as did Javarius Owens out of Houston, the other one that has tremendous length, tremendous size. These guys look like receivers out there in terms of how tall they are with the long arms. So they're getting versatile across the board. They're also getting a situation where they want to make sure they're able to match up with everyone um, they face out there on the field. Who jumped out at you in terms of the undrafted guys? There was two. Alex Cook of Washington was fantastic. You know, versatile guy, can match up one-on-one. Uh, hold his own in coverage, can kick down inside of the slot, can play any one of the safety spots. So it's going to be fun to watch him, you know, do things throughout the course of training camp and see how he progresses. And Ryan Jones, the tight end, I thought he ran great routes. I thought he did a great job in getting working himself open at the top of the route, uh, does a fantastic job of tracking the ball well. Uh, he was someone that really stood out. It was tough because our vantage point, they had us between the, the goal from the end line of the goal line, the back line, and to the 10-yard line. So when they're working on the far side of the field, it's hard to see. They didn't really do much 7-on-7 or 1-on-1s. And and defensive backs practiced on the other field. So it was kind of our vantage point was a little bit limited. But what I did see, those guys were some of the ones that that really stood out. Let's get to the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, we talked about Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith in the first round. I think we touched a little bit on Tyler Steen and Sidney Brown. In the third round, um, but what about Keely Ringo, Tanner McKee, Moro Ojomo? In fact, you know what? You know, we, we didn't really spend that much time on Tyler Steen and Sidney Brown because you and I went over primarily the first round last week. So we got Tyler Steen, Sidney Brown, Keely Ringo, Tanner McKee, and Moro Ojomo for the Eagles. Yeah, Steen is, is has that, that phone booth strength that you want. Like he could win in that area, that short area right there. Uh, all day long you know he's a tackle I think he has some guard flexibility um so for me it's, it's you know how aggressive he's he's getting in his quick sets in his, you know his pass pro that help him out and building depth along the offensive line is something that I want to you know see the Eagles do in this draft Smith fantastic player I think his best football is ahead of him uh, we we should have known we should have learned by now Georgia asked guys to thrive in a role and so we may not have seen the full repertoire, but I feel like we're going to get the full repertoire from Smith as a pro. He already has the length and the ability to close on the quarterback. Uh, Ringo, I think his game now he's not uh, athletically. He te- he tests just like this guy I'm comparing him to. 
and physically he's a, he's built like the guy I'm comparing him to. Is is very much Xavier Rhodes like in his approach. Now, if he can start finding the football a little bit better, then he can have a, a ton of interceptions. But you know, he can press. He's physical. He's aggressive. Has the right mindset for uh, the position. Sidney Brown was one of my favorite players. Uh, you know, not I think he was like my number two strong safety. So I'm a big fan of him. I remember I threw this out there um, because I felt like he was making similar plays, he, like how Mike Brown was making with the Bears that year in what, 01, where it seemed like every tip ball, he was running out of nowhere, out of the parking lot to pick it off and bring it back for a touchdown. Um, and I thought that's a lot what we saw from Sidney Brown. And, and, and the fact that he's able to, to fly in with 150 miles an hour in all directions is good too. So for me, all of those guys, the, the picks that the Eagles made were were solid. They were rock-solid players, good football players, and at the end of the day, that's what the job entails. Can you play football? And I thought all of those guys can definitely play football. Any thoughts on McKee or a Jomo? Tanner McKee, Stanford quarterback, a Jomo, the D-tackle? Um, McKee is someone that I thought was – I liked his tape better than Mills coming out. I thought McKee threw the ball a little bit better than Mills. Mills moves a little bit better than McKee. So they kind of in the walls. They, they, it's funny because they, they kind of fit the Stanford quarterback prototype. Like they had those guys you know, cloned in the factory as well. Uh, <laughs> a, a Jomo is another one that is going to provide good depth up front on the interior. And the more you can do, um, the better your chances are. So we'll see how he fits in that rotation. But they, again, they're so deep there. You know, uh, you know, Tui Pulato is someone that I liked last year or two years ago. And then you got Kentavious Street, who when healthy is phenomenal. So, he has his work cut out. Noah Ellis was a rock-solid nose tackle coming out of Idaho. So, yeah, he he's there, but he has his work cut out for him. Could be a good practice squad candidate. Any undrafted guys, Emery? Oh, man, like uh, if Ricks pans out, Ricks is, is really good, man. Eli Ricks can ball. Um, and, you know, I understand why he went undrafted. Uh, but, man, on field, he is excellent. Got to stay healthy, number one, but the athletic traits and the way he can, you know, take the ball away and, and play the ball in the air. I, I this is a sleeper uh, acquisition for Philadelphia. Nada had a really good NFL PA bowl, and then he got the call up, I believe, to the uh, Shrine Bowl out of Clemson. Big physical wide receiver can pluck the ball in the air. Big fan of Hazelwood too. Um, another one of these big receivers that can play. Uh, and then you go and look at you know Makai Gardner. I got to give him a shout out because he's a former Raging Cajun by way of LSU. Uh, but he's another one that's a big physical corner, can probably see his see his uh, services move to safety. Finally, the Commanders, they took uh, Emmanuel Forbes in the first round, the corner from Mississippi State. We talked about that. Jartavius Martin, the corner from Illinois in round two. Ricky Stromberg, the center from Arkansas in round three. Braden Daniels, I know one of your favorites, from Utah, round four. K.J. Henry, another edge from Clemson, round five. Chris Rodriguez, running back from KU, or UK, I should say, Kentucky. And then Andre Jones, edge from the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Your thoughts quickly on those guys, Emery. Jones is someone that I, I like. I like the person, and I like the player. He's he's someone that can give them versatility as an edge guy, but also as a stand-up sandbacker as well. So keep an eye on him. Braden Daniels was my number one tackle. We talked about him. They can even kick him down inside. Some teams view him as a guard. Stromberg gives him length at center, uh, which is fascinating because they just let go their longtime center, which was a surprising move. So maybe they have a plan for him to start right away. 
And Henry was someone I was shocked to drop all the way down, but they at least feel some depth there uh, on the outside as a pass rusher. Um, what about the undrafted guys? Who jumped out to you? Kazmir Allen out of UCLA, former running back turned wide receiver. So you can get creative in how you utilize him. And he has legitimate track speed. So keep an eye on him. Joshua Pryor out of Bowie State was on the senior bowl radar a couple of years ago. His weight kind of fluctuated. You know, we found out he had he was dealing with depression. And then he got back right and got back to a great weight of 245 and had an excellent uh, week at the HBCU Legacy Bowl, tested well at the HBCU Combine, and got back to getting after the quarterback like he did all throughout his career at Bowie State. So he's someone that could surprise in camp. And also, I- I'm a big fan of what they brought in in Tim DeMora. I called one of his games that, what, seven overtime game against Monmouth. This guy has reckless abandon in how he plays in a good way. He's going to work touchdown to check down the passing game. So I'm excited to see how he gets out there and competes. Check him out on social at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. NFC South next week. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. We're breaking down every draft pick and more here on the College Draft Podcast. Keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.